Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 333, covering Fallen Hero and Desert Crossing with Gav Brown. Hi, friends. Our, our friend Gav is here for the first time in a while. And uh, is it is it true, Gav, you, you haven't been following along? You couldn't bring uh, uh, yourself to sit through this all again? I haven't watched Enterprise in God knows how long, since it was on in 2000 and something. So jealous. And then we just... Then we just dropped you in the end of season one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, hey, here, this is fine. And, yeah. uh, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't very good, is it? <laughs> I feel like deserts and Vulcans. I mean, the, the thing is, I'm like, hey, this one's pretty good. And Gav's like, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't been following along and you're judging it objectively. How, how many mean, curves are you grading on now? <laughs> oh, so this it, it automatically gets two points just for not having rape in it. Uh-huh. And then, uh... You've created so many curves from Voyager onwards, you're probably back at the beginning again. Guys, I got good news. This one's just boring. It's not stupid. Yay. Yeah. I actually like this first one quite a bit. Like, uh, like character-wise, I mean. There's, there's really stuff in it that I liked. There was one stuff I liked. <laughs> well, that, that stuff was in it a lot, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do think it's interesting. I'm not. I'm definitely not judging. Like, hey, you should be watching. No, don't watch. If you've watched it before, who cares? Watch the ones you're supposed to review. That's it. What I'm saying is, it's interesting to get your perspective, not following along, like coming in sort of cold. Like, mm. I, I like that. You're, you're almost like the control group. <laughs> guys, guys, you think this is good, but it's, it's not. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in the bubble now. Well. Yeah, now the now the uh, experiment is contaminated. <laughs> you might you, as well just keep following along at this point, right? You change the outcome by looking at it. You only know that as a Futurama reference. I know it as being referenced in the Futurama commentary. Uh, okay. That's basically, <laughs> that's basically all you know, though, right? I mean, yeah. Those five DVDs that you always watch. Yeah. Why would I okay. need to know other things? Yeah, that's fair. I know that, and I know about Super Mario Brothers 3. Well, who doesn't? I can get some flutes up in this bitch. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Kev, why don't, you, uh, why don't you kick things off and tell us what happens in the episode what's called Fallen Hero? I would love to. Paul Tripp and Archer talk about sex as they took the salt and pepper song seriously. But no time for that. Let's go to Risa. That's always good. But no time for that either. Some admiral orders them to pick up a Vulcan ambassador from the planet Mazar who's been expelled for criminal misconducts. However, when Archer, Tripp and Paul meet her, there's handshakes and inane jokes. What is this? An awkward business meeting? <laughs> Though this still leaves Paul unimpressed. I don't blame her. Valar is to Paul's hero from years ago, and they met at Diplocon or something. Oh, and Vulcans don't have heroes. A Miserite ship arrives to demand Valar back and attacks. They seem suspicious, but Archer immediately capitulates and threatens to take her back. So Paul speaks to Valar and is convinced because she's her hero. Vulcans don't have heroes. <laughs> Valar admits to Archer that the chasing ships are criminals and she's been collecting info on them, so had to escape. 
The Enterprise speeds away to rendezvous with a Vulcan ship, but the Debbie Mazars speed up on them. <laughs> to save the Enterprise, Valar says she'll surrender, but he refuses. He just doesn't like being told what to do, does he? Oh, and they reach Warp 5, but they're still chased. The communications are blocked, but Valar uses a diplomatic channel to contact the Vulcan ship to get them here sooner. Before you can say, A Hunger Games 2, though, the engines are catching fire. <laughs> they fall to impulse speed, and Archer lets the Mormites on the ship. He explains that Valar was injured and is, the, it, is in the imaging chamber in sickbed. So they shoot into it and kill her. The Vulcan ship then arrives, shoots all around, and the Maserites surrender. Valar surprises the Maserites by showing she's alive for some reason, and then to Paul's hero leaves. Vulcans don't have heroes. <laughs> Reminds me of that Hitchhiker's Guide bit. This is, of course, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> also, I had to look up who uh, Debbie Mazar is, and uh, so apparently you're an Entourage fan? Uh, no, so something else she's... <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. I was going to say, I, I, I respect you, Gav, and uh, I might respect you a little less if I knew that. She, she was uh, in Batman Forever with Drew Barrymore as the assistant to Two-Face. Uh, uh, of course, sugar and spice was it? The one who's not is... Barrymore. Yes. How, I, how do I possibly know? That, that is her actual name. The one who is not Drew Barrymore. <laughs> it's this... a surname going back to ancient times. <laughs> Weirdly, it predates Drew Barrymore by centuries. <laughs> Nothing predates Drew Barrymore. I... She's my age. She's <laughs> that old. No, she's been around for centuries. She was just little for most of them. Oh, that's fair. So I think she was she the fire starter the for a really long time. A woman. Ah, so she was the fire starter in E.T. for a really long time, and then... Uh, yeah. Well, she she wasn't E.T., she was in E.T. Yeah, she was Gertie. Gertie? I thought you yeah. said she was E in E.T. <laughs> yes, she was the E, and uh, the other kid, Henry Thomas, he was the T. Mm. Whatever happened to him? Why aren't we talking about Enterprise? Who's the third well, kid? <laughs> I, I actually really like this episode. Like I said, I, I like the uh, Vulcan ambassador chick a great deal. Oh, she was, she was great. Uh, yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah, Matt, you had mentioned she's kind of like uh, the good version of Kai Wynn. Yeah, if you, if, you did that <laughs> if you did that transporter trick on Kai Wynn where you cut you uh, you uh, turn her into the good and evil version, she would be the good version. And regular yeah. Kai Wynn would be the evil version. Yeah, there's no no difference there. Yeah. Kai Wynn, Kai Wynn is that vicious creature. Oh, boy. Yeah. Or if you got her and Kai Wynn together and merged them to Vic style, you just end it with an all right. A normal person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. No, it's the first Vulcan we've had in this series that is sort of like multifaceted, that mm -hmm. isn't just uh, logic, logic, humans stink, humans are boring. Like she, she's a diplomat, so she actually wants to interact with the humans and know about them and yeah like to paul's all uh she needs spartan quarters and you, you don't shake her hand and, and the first thing she does is stick her hand out for a handshake like mm -hmm. of course I, i'm on a ship full of humans i'm gonna I've try been studying to humans like this is diplomatic my i'm yeah. a diplomat i'm a diplomat for christ's sake and the other thing and, is she never doesn't feel like a vulcan yeah no she still acts very vulcan she's just trying a little harder to like assimilate more yeah. than to paul who hates being there and clearly hates being there mm -hmm. She's yes, like, it was on. very subtle the way she wasn't, you know, she could have easily been like a wacky Vulcan, yeah. but but she wasn't. And that was we good. already got a ship full of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> that was a few weeks ago. We didn't like that. But she was written well and she was performed extremely well. Mm -hmm. I liked uh, I liked the actor playing her a great deal. She was um, 
She was in Lost, is what I remembered her from before. Apparently, she's done some other Star Trek, but uh, I looked those up, and those were fairly unremarkable episodes. But I do remember her being great in Lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I've never seen Lost, but no, but you you've seen her in those other Star Trek episodes because it was DS9 and Next Gen. But mm. she doesn't really stick out to me. Yeah, no, your story checks out. <laughs> but I love her. Was, in this. She was was she Data's mother? I think maybe. All right, if, that's not bad. But if that's the case, I feel like she was wasted in that. Like here, she's really mm. living up to her potential. I think. Like, there's, I hope there's I'm not a robot. Oh shit! <laughs> Any, oh, shit. Anyone related oh, to shit. Data is. Oh shit! And her face falls off. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's man. Wait, no. Turns out it's robot. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah. My face but up, was, falls off. That was my good thing. She was great. Like, oh she, yeah. She had that, like, she had the presence where you really believed she was, like, an authority figure. She wasn't just some jerk they found on the street. And, Mm -hmm. like, which is is a weird uh, thing to say, but definitely some of the people they cast feel like people they just found off the street. So, uh... but no. You there, boy, what day is it today? Christmas Day? No, it's the day you get cast in Enterprise. Get in here and put on this fake nose. (laughs) Here, put on these pointy ears. Yeah, you're a Vulcan now. Oh, so buy me a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Berman. <laughs> I was visited no, I... by three ghosts. I told them all to fuck off. I uh but yeah, I liked her a lot and um I, I yeah, Gav is correct to point out of of course Vulcans have heroes. That's a stupid thing for them to say. Why did they say that over and over again when it's obvious they do? Fucking I figured out this out. Tapal what to Paul's character traits is just telling everybody that Vulcans don't do things. Yeah, whatever that thing is you're doing, we don't do that. According to T'Pol, Vulcans just don't do anything. They just fly around and be smug. But she (laughs) clearly described everything that constitutes a hero and then straight up says, but we don't have those. We don't have Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero. Well, then what the fuck good is your stupid culture? Answer me that. Well, I mean, we can go twice as fast as you can. Mm, No, I still think we win. But I, I like uh, putting that aside. I liked that T'Pol had someone who inspired her. Yeah. At the beginning of her career, she met this cool lady who's like, "Whoa, she, uh, she makes me think I should like serve the Vulcan government out in space somewhere. That would be a cool thing to do." Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that as part of T'Pol's character too. Like it's a, it was a nice, and I like a story where someone feels betrayed by someone they looked up to, but then it turns out maybe they didn't. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a cliche. They've done it a lot, but I don't know. It's. A, it's still a good way to get some insight into a character, I think. Yeah, never meet your heroes is always a good sort of plot thing because you can go so many ways with it. Yeah. And I also like, like, we've hinted at this before, and I don't always love this development, but the Vulcans with all their weird spy shit, like I like a Vulcan diplomat is basically a Vulcan spy. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. They feel a bit Romulan in some ways, and I wonder if that's deliberate. We're not Romulans. Who said that? There are no Romulans in this show. Romulans have heroes. Of course they do. They also have plots and ploys to start a war. They also have Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero. I still don't get that reference. <laughs> well, on vinyl. Yeah. What are you, some kind of hipster? It was, that, it was, it was on that <laughs> record we sent out into space and they found it and they were like, yeah. <laughs> no, Voyager? Oh, no. No, not again. We also need a streetwise Hercules. Was that some kind of 90s cartoon? That sure feels like it. No. Streetwise Hercules will be right back. 
<laughs> extreme Hercules. Yes. Yes. Streetwise Extreme Hercules. Comes with everything you see here. Uh, uh, the point where it comes up. Yes, right. So Hoshi gives up her uh, room so that uh-huh. the ambassador can take it. And then you see her taking all her stuff out and DePaul's in there. But she's left one thing yeah. and Paul asks her to take that as well. And then she looks all annoyed that she has to do that. Why would you clear out your entire room and leave just one thing? And it was a framed picture of something obviously very personal. Like, mm-hmm. why would the Vulcan want to look at a picture of your family, <laughs> ex-boyfriend, dog, whatever it was? I would just... totally do that, but it would be like the weirdest fucking thing I owned. <laughs> Enjoy this. Have... Oh. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Paul should have said, why would we want to look at a picture of your stupid family? <laughs> <laughs> No, you're like, ugly. I don't family. want to look at him either. That's why I'm leaving it here. <laughs> look, I'm moving to new quarters and I'm leaving this behind. I don't want it. <laughs> the, the picture just came with a frame. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my family. Room. I have no family. <laughs> See, uh, character stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I there was there was some good subtle stuff with Hoshi which I like because Hoshi is maybe the only human in the show that actually wants to learn about Vulcans mm-hmm. and she's like I hope I can talk to the ambassador and uh to Paul's like yeah, Vulcans don't talk to people. And then the ambassador wasn't like that at all. She's like, "Hoshi, yeah, of course. You you're the one who gave up your quarters, right? Let's talk. I love you." <laughs> and it was nice. Like I like I like Hoshi as the linguist as the one studying other cultures. I like her wanting to know more. Like the, we saw it before the, the with open, her learning. What's that? The open character, just like yeah, fuck it, let's talk. Yeah, I That's think all, a giant bug. I think all of them should be like that. Yeah, but at least one of them is, and it 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 reminded me of when she was learning how to meditate from Tapal a few episodes ago. Like, like yeah, tell me more about what your deal is. I want to learn. Like, it's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Gav, what was your good thing? Uh, my good thing was the admiral. I thought was realistic. That that was good. He was like, I don't know, what do you want to do? It just sounds like every manager I've ever had. <laughs> I think this is a recurring character. Archer calls back to him from time to time for orders. And yeah, that's his usually answer. Like, uh, I don't know, you're in the field, is your call. Oh. Yeah. I'm not in space, I'm in an office. It Fucking, feels very... I, I don't know, figure it out. Go fight a Klingon or whatever, I don't know. It, it feels very middle manager to me. Like, I don't want to be blamed for this, so I'm yeah. going to let you make the call. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Like, he's kind of a coward in a way, I think. <laughs> I, I wash my hands of the, hey, Archer made this call, not me. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Admiral, it's Archer calling in. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just tell him to do what he wants. I don't care. Also, I don't know why, but I'm really put off when people call Archer John. I know that's his name, yeah. but it just doesn't—it doesn't feel like a captain name for me, and I don't know what it is. I'm John, the captain. Yeah, I, you're I, right. It doesn't make any I sense. I—it's—it's it's a dumb thing to care about. But how do you feel about I, Jonathan? Is that better? Jonathan is better. It might just be that it's not like—it's kind of well, yeah. like Ben Ben versus Benjamin. I kind of like mm. Benjamin Cisco better than Ben Cisco. You know. So a captain needs a lot of syllables in his first name, uh, or just to sound fancier, maybe, or to be I called don't. Jim. That could be. Maybe it's just too close to Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's definitely not Jim. He thinks he is. But uh, he definitely isn't. With all mm. the times he takes his shirt off and gets in fights, like he's he is not Jim. Yeah. Well, he is uh, Kirk's hero. 
Kirk doesn't uh, know heroes. Yeah. <laughs> now I mentioned this a week or two ago. I feel like this show is is the definition of Mary Sue in mm-hmm. that suddenly there was this other enterprise that you've never heard of before, but it's the best one. And they did all the other stuff first. And, and also every, all the other subsequent crews looked up to them and yeah. Okay. Whatever. Never heard of these jerks before. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, yeah. So, um, they find out that they're going to go to visit Risa. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then trip shows up in the most wonderful Hawaiian shirt I've ever seen. And, (laughs) God, I love Trip. Yep. I'm getting ready for the luau, Captain. Going to the beach, all right. Okay, here we go. Real excited. I know we're not doing catfish, but I think I might be able to eat an entire pig. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, I like... Th- this is uh, slight spoilers for the next episode. They also, again, think they're going to Risa and still aren't. I, want, I hope, I want I hope that just keeps going. Just Trip by the door wearing his shirt. With like a packed briefcase looking at his watch. Uh-huh. After three or four episodes of that, just this sort of sad look. Like, we, we ain't never going to the beach, are we? Damn it, Captain. I want to go to the beach. You promised. <laughs> no, there, was, uh, there was... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they don't have uh, things to make... What do you call the Replicators, thank you. God, I haven't oh, watched right. Star Trek in so long. Uh, they don't have replicators, do they? No. Yeah, so that means he must have packed one. Yeah, so he packed that shirt. Uh-huh. On, I, I also, so I'm just the, thinking, what what possible situation do you think he'd need a Hawaiian shirt? That's well, not the only best that, fucking thing I have ever thought of. No, no, no. Even better. Remember, in the pilot, they only thought they were going out for a week. Oh my god, that's right. And Archer ended up saying, let's just go ahead and stay out here. So they weren't packing for a long mission. He was packing for a week. Oh my god, that's so that's just... <laughs> That's just one of the shirts in his rotation. That's, that's his one. small. That's his small bag of essentials. There. That's not for a long term trip. Oh my god! That says a... so much about his character. Yes, it does. That's wonderful. Oh yep. my god, I love this idiot. Yep. Now he's he's fast become one of my favorite guys. Not my oh. favorite, but uh, he's fun. No, I and actually I liked legitimately liked the scene at the very beginning. We got the the captain's table dinner, which I've I've been enjoying those actually. Like my preferred archer is sort of off duty casual archer. I don't hate him. And uh, whenever we're doing the the dinner at the captain's table thing, it's usually him and Trip and Paul. And there's this scene where she's like, "You guys are under a lot of stress. We've been out here what like ten months, and you guys have a lot of sex, way more than us. And maybe." Since you can't have sex with each other, maybe you need to go somewhere for sex. I like, like the. F- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna. I was gonna say like she, like she doesn't know what the deal is, but she knows they need it. And I yeah. like that. I, I I like the way the the scene. Oh, like the, basically the episode opens with Archer going, "Excuse me." Yeah. And what, no, what I drop really us want, right in the middle of the scene. Yeah. And what I really want is for it to open with Trip doing a spit take. <laughs> No, they both had that sort of suppressed laughter, which I think they both do really well. That yeah. I'm trying not to like laugh at this, but it's pretty damn funny. Uh-huh. It was good. And she's just being, she's not being like, she's not wrong and she's not being a jerk about it. She's just being very direct more than they're used to. And yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah. Humans need sex. Go have some sex. I know a sex planet we can sex on. Yeah. When she said uh, she, they Vulcans have sex once every seven years, I really wanted to go the other direction and wanted them to say as much as that. <laughs> but no, they went with you know the usual. Oh, I couldn't 
I couldn't deal with sex as little as that. Right. No, and I, I also can't imagine anyone wanting to, like, get with Archer, but that's just me. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Just, he's, as, as Amanda pointed out in the second episode when he takes off his shirt, she's like, well, that was a real dad bod there. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> no, I tried, I tried to think about it for a second, it was just that Arrested Development footage not found thing. <laughs> Friend of mine pointed out, why, why do they call it dad bod instead of father figure? <laughs> that, that would be a much better better phrase for it I mean um, I get people wanting to have sex with Scott Bakula but this Scott Bakula do you do you though he's a handsome man I suppose I mean he used to be a handsome man now he's an old man <laughs> he's, he's not even that old in this apart like he feels fa- like not too young to be a captain but he definitely feels a little younger but like uh, Quantum Leap era Bakula I could totally yeah. see people being into yeah. alright I guess not now really, it's just not, like, oh, look how you not really my, too much too much squinting for my taste, but you know. That's I mean that's a personal preference. I get that. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. You you <laughs> want to you want to date a man who can see. Yeah. <laughs> can no least... squinters, please. <laughs> I prefer not to, you know. Squinters need not apply. <laughs> he, he always looks confused because he's squinting. That's the thing. You're like, duh. <clears throat> that's that's all. Um Have yeah, you seen my spaceship? Where I know I had one. It's like I'm in charge of like 90 people, and I, God, I, where's my ship? I don't know. Open your eyes, Captain. It's right in front of you. <laughs> I know the ship like the back of my eyelids. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gav, what was your bad thing? Uh, what the hell was the point of going to the trouble of quote unquote killing off uh, Valar when they were going to reveal that she's alive again 30 seconds later? Right, that bugged the shit out of me. Really, they were stalling for time. Like they needed those guys to not do anything until the Vulcan showed up, and it don't, they only no, needed I, to stall for about thirty seconds. I appreciate the Vulcan seconds. showed up, and then it's not really. But surely, still pretend she's dead. Then until there's the guys no off risk. the ship, at least, right? Well, they well, still no, could have no, shot just her. Just pretend that point. she's dead, and then there's no risk of them even coming to Vulcan together or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, I thought the I, exact same thing. It's like, why? Why would you wave her in front of them, like, except to just go, nah, nah, I was alive the whole time. That's basically it. Yeah. Which yeah, it is did, definitely it didn't bother me, but I see the I see the complaint now. When I initially saw that you put that, I'm like, wait a minute, they were stalling. Like that's why they did that. But yeah, I get I get what you're saying now. Although it does sound, it's a like that's a very enterprise thing to do. They did the exact same thing when they tricked those hunters that time. Oh yeah, you can't you can't just walk away and have them not know they were tricked. No, you need they need to know that they're dumb. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, like I I did like this is a this is a rare instance of Archer asking the Vulcans for help and it actually was a good like like see what happens when you ask them for help? They help you. That Vulcan quit, dude came in like a fucking badass by the way. That's what I'm saying, like quit being so proud and Ask them when you're in over your head, and this is what happens. A good thing. They they rescued your ass, and they took the diplomat away, and they scared those guys off. Like, I, I hope they do more of that. I'm so tired of them saying, no, we're not going to ask them for help. Everybody call See, for a murderous spaceship with a hula hoop attached to it? I, I like those Vulcan ring ships quite a bit, actually. Course, I like that yeah. design. Yeah. It's a cool design. Although I wonder, like, is it is it, like, can you walk around in that ring, or is it just like a, like a part of oh, something, like? No like idea. an A cell or something. I know there's there's some nerd somewhere who has like a schematic that can tell you exactly what it does, but I'm I could not definitely that nerd. look it up. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. 
It might be one of those, like, maybe that's the habitable part and it spins to make gravity. That makes sense, yeah. I'll, I I don't know. That's whatever. Yeah. I think it looks cool, though. So. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, oh, I just found this one boring. Really? It's a lot of, like, quote-unquote action sequences in this that I'm not interested in. The whole chase towards the end just left me completely fucking cold. I guess that's fair. I don't you know. know I liked it. They're hitting warp five, and that's supposed to be a big deal. And I'm just like, no. I I will say that, yeah, they they played that scene like that. That scene should have been played for a lot more tension. The whole idea yeah. was there was actually a really nice exchange between Archer and Trip, where it's like, um, can we go faster, Captain? We're already going four point eight, okay, but it's called a warp five engine, so theoretically, like, well, you should be able to get yeah. it up to warp five. Yeah, on paper, it was a nice like, yeah, just because it says warp five, like. Maybe if everything's perfect and all the systems are 100% and all the fuel is shoveled into the whatever. But I assume they shovel coal into the thing. Yeah, of course. Like, no, it's dogs. They shovel dogs into it. Yeah. More dogs. <laughs> but it just, like, I, I liked that bit. But yeah, it felt like it could have been more tense and it kind of mm -hmm. wasn't directed well enough to to make it tense. It was just like, meh, okay. I get it's, you there. Like I like all the Vulcan ambassador stuff, but it just yeah. it feels like it sags in the middle. I could see that. Um, I do like um, uh, Travis looks really excited where uh, when Archer's like, "Let's push it to warp five for the first time," and Travis is like, "All right, we're gonna do the like, this is cool. Humans doing the thing we're out here to do. We're gonna make mm -hmm. this thing go as fast as it can possibly go. That's neat. Like I like that." There, I was reading on Memory Alpha. Uh, there's two references in here to the original series. And the first one is uh, uh, Trip worrying about the engines. Uh, and the second is the the ambassador going, there's a bond of friendship between you two. Uh, yeah. Referring to uh, Archer and to Paul. And I'm like, neither of those fucking landed guys, just so you know. Yeah. Not at all. That's, just, that's just stuff that happened. Yeah, no, it's stuff that happens that was kind of like stuff that happened another time. Don't doesn't every engineer say you're pushing the engines too hard? Like I know Jordy did that. I know so uh, Bellana definitely did that. O'Brien did that. Bellana, uh -huh. yeah, they all. That's that's their job. Yeah, no, you're pushing the engines too hard. Well, why would you say that? Well, because you're pushing the engines too fucking hard. Well, because <laughs> you're you're not the technical guy, and I am, and I think you're making my engines go faster than they should. That's why. I know how the engines work. You know that you want to be fast. Yeah. That's regular Star Trek conflict right there. You dumb fucking captain. Yep. No, I liked, I agreed with most of Archer's decisions in this one, which is rare. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still not likable to me, but at least I don't want to punch him for every, like, every decision he makes. I'm like, that's stupid. Stop it. No, I'll take competent if likable is not going to happen. Uh, likable may happen. We're getting there. But uh, mm -hmm. it's a slow burn, maybe. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta have some kind of hope. I can't just, you know. I can't just assume it's always going to suck or, you know, Gotta that's have the point. Faith of the heart. Is that what you were going to say? No, I was thinking of a good song. Okay. Just for it's the record, an, it's Gav, an all right song. I was going to say, just for the record, Gav, what is your opinion of that? Okay. I have, I have prepared. <laughs> Let me get my notes out. <laughs> Everyone needs to weigh in on this. It's an all right song. It's just not right for the series. That's fair. Plus, if you're going to go, you know, I have no problem with a with a lyric or lyric, song with lyrics, but just not that one. No. Maybe if you're going to change things, do like a like I don't know, a rock soundtrack or something. Yeah, or Bonnie Tyler's uh, "Holding Up for a Hero." 
<laughs> and then, if you're going to go to the trouble of changing the theme tune, why have the music in the actual show exactly the same as every other fucking Star Trek show? Yep, that's fair. Mm -hmm. So you think they should, if they were going to embrace the rock sound, they should have done it across the board? Yes. That's fair. I think that would have been terrible, but I see what you're saying. Like, as far as it being consistent. Well, it doesn't have to be rock sound, but if they're going to change things up, change things up. Yeah. Don't just not just, just change a... a couple of things and then write the same bloody episodes about Enterprise being a taxi service. <laughs> There's a quote <laughs> in one of the, uh, in, in one of the uh, 50 year mission books from, I'm pretty sure it's Berman about how they deliberately made the score as bland as possible. Like that was a, that was an intentional choice because they never wanted. Yeah. I got to find this quote, but I, I definitely remember reading it. They want, they never wanted the score to outshine the action. So what they the always wanted it to be. What the fuck is happening on this fucking show? They didn't want it to be bad. They just wanted it to be sort of bland and forgettable. And I sandy. know it sounds like they wanted it to be bad. It sounds like they wanted the whole show to be bad. <laughs> Are they trying to producers this fucking Star Trek show? Like, what the it's, fuck is going on? It's just, it's they wanted the music to not call attention to itself. They didn't like. They weren't trying to get like an elementary school band to record it or something. They just. How do you want this show to sound? Make it sound like shit. <laughs> what a real garbage sounding show to go with our garbage actors and our garbage show yeah, and then so the actors don't act too well I don't want you to act better than the music so, so that everyone taking it down a notch okay but what what are we focusing on then like what what are we not trying to outshine is everyone dialing it down yeah I need the you sets. to talk much quieter too <laughs> to, to call attention to our great scripts no that's not happening uh huh don't, don't, don't draw attention to our sets <laughs> Actually, the set, like the visual look of the show, is the only thing that we've pretty much across the board enjoyed. Like, yeah, well, that's it. That's what they want that to shine, and everyone else to yeah. sort of not get. Like, if there's a scene with the set, they have to get at the corner of the screen so that everyone can see the sets. Yeah, don't don't block the sets with your actor heads. You see... <laughs> this panel took a long time to make. It looks really good. Uh huh. Now that's that's definitely one thing I think this show has done better than the others is. Like, I think they knew they were in HD and they tried to polish it a little more. It does look better, I think. Yeah, it does. And actually, just... in the next episode, they go on location, and that makes so much more of a difference to me. Um, anything else about this one? Sorry? Near, near the start, they, uh, she says, or Valar says, uh, Captain, is it okay if we speak English? Or I speak English because I want mm -hmm. to practice my English. Mm-hmm. Which sort of insinuates that everyone speaks English. Well, everyone on, on Earth, everyone on in the ship. galaxy, everyone in the galaxy speaks English except certain parts of Earth. Is mm -hmm. is my theory? <laughs> Which just means that everyone on Earth speak. It's just like, why is everyone speaking English? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they do, but you're right. I don't know. I have no answer I for that, can't. except I, I'm Star pretty Trek. sure we're only a few years away from there still being like like a U.S. government. Like this Starfleet feels like an American thing that when governments went away, it still was kind of an American thing. You know what I mean? Like just everyone in it seems like American. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sure, man, yeah. Like Archer and the admirals, like all the all the officials. It feels like NASA got absorbed into the the worldwide whatever they call the world government on Earth now. And, yeah, but it's still mostly American. America. Yep. Catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. 
That's that's the initiation for for all the guests during yep. Enterprise. You have to do a trip impression, and all you have to say is that one word. So <laughs> you're in. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Yep. No, no. Bad thing. What's up? You did. Did you do your bad thing? Oh, I did not. Uh, the Babylon Five ass looking aliens. Yeah, they sure were. Where the makeup was just sort of on the side of their heads and they had goofy ponytails. And yeah. Reed Richard sideburns. Like, oh, serious yeah. Richard sideburns. Yeah, no, they were terrible. I don't I don't need to spend much time talking about that. They were just, I mean, sometimes the aliens look great. Sometimes we get the ones we got this week. Yeah, You'll notice, Captain, that uh, I'm white on the bottom half and my opponent <laughs> here is white on the top half. I mean, we at least look like garbage. At least they didn't have, like, silver paint on the tops of their ears like in the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. I would still say that that's better than this. Eh, okay. The Doctor Doom hand gestures alone. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Like when he tells them he wants to see them in 24 hours and draws a 24 in the air. Yeah. No, you're you're right. Oh, man, that movie was terrible. <laughs> All right. Gav, you got a quote for us? Yes. It's... Uh, it's answering the question whether Vulcans have heroes or not. I've had a few heroes in my life. It's never easy when one of them lets you down. Vulcans don't have heroes. Well, I'm glad we definitively addressed that. <laughs> Once and for all. Uh, what about an alternate title, Gav? Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing again. I, I did that on purpose. So have we figured out if Vulcans have heroes or not yet? I'm not sure. Maybe they need to listen to that whatever song you keep talking about. Oh, it's funny. Tyler's holding out for a hero, Al. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> now, what's your alternate title? Uh, Vlar and her wonderful jars. Ah, yes. And I went with, when are we going to get to the sex factory? Uh, next episode, I can tell you that much. Nope. In fact, <laughs> well, you let can me use it again you... then. Let me long tell you about road that. To <laughs> it's been a long road, Matt. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about this episode right the hell now. The Enterprise is resuming its course to Risa, the horniest planet in the quadrant, and making me wish for two episodes in a row that this extremely unsexy show never actually makes it there. And then they don't! Maybe this will turn into a hilarious running joke, like the way Murphy Brown kept replacing her secretaries, or how Hudson Hawk never managed to get a cappuccino, or possibly a reference that isn't from 1991. Anyway, this time they're distracted by a distress call from Lex motherfucking Luthor himself, Clancy Brown. President? Do you realize how much power I'd ever give up to become president? He never actually says, but I keep thinking he's going to. No, unfortunately, he's one of the least imaginatively designed aliens in recent Trek history. A dude with a tattoo on his chin. He looks like if Chakotay did one of those creepy things where you paint a face on your chin and film yourself talking upside down. He, he's also from a slightly problematic desert culture that insists on forced hospitality lest he be offended. Effendi. Ugh. So, Archer and Trip, and only Archer and Trip, head down to the desert planet to receive said hospitality. Fuck the other 96 guys on this crew, who we recently just pointed out haven't had a moment's shore leave in 10 months. The two most important guys are going to play sand lacrosse. But Trip takes his shirt off to do this, so there's a little something for the ladies. And Matt. Yeah. And if we're, be and if we're being honest here, me. But it's not all bare-chested sports, much as we wish it might be. Apparently Archer has earned a reputation for meddling in other people's conflicts, and Clancy Brown was hoping he'd meddle in this one. Because his, pe because his people are the downtrodden victims of a caste system fighting their government or something. Mullity rebels, in other words. 
So Archer and Trip do what any sensible person in this situation would do. They run away into the uninhabitable desert. And after a few acts of semi-hilarious survival in, uh, hijinks, they're rescued by T'Pol for what feels like the 80th time this season, and they swear not to get involved in anyone's conflicts again. We should write some kind of directive, they say again, just to bring the point home. Even though it's been home since the last time they practically looked into the camera and said that, like, three weeks ago. I gotta say, I knew this would happen. I didn't think it would happen twice. Oh, it, I bet it'll happen more than that. Like, they just Ugh. keep saying, here's why we need a prime directive. Oh, well. It's, it's the fact that they keep referring to it as an important directive that really pisses me off. Yeah, one day we'll need a directive that's very important. Do you get it? Do you get it, people at home? Are you listening? Huh? We should we should make it the number one one. Yes. Like or, or, not or a, another not a, name. Not a secondary or tertiary directive, but a, a different thing. Mm. Uh-huh. I just like saying tertiary. I know you do. It's, it's a good, a good word. word. Yep. Um, I didn't like this one as much as the other one, but I didn't completely hate it. There's stuff in this that I liked okay. Like you said, uh, Trip runs around without a shirt on and also plays lacrosse, which takes me back to my days of watching lacrosse. I was about to say, playing lacrosse? Really? Oh, no, watching lacrosse. No, no, my dad managed lacrosse team for almost the entirety of my life, so I've watched a lot of lacrosse. Ah. And uh, what is the one lesson you have walked away with watching a lifetime of lacrosse? Uh, you can make shorts much shorter than you'd think you can. <laughs> Good to know. Like, like scrotally short? Uh, and also getting hit in the face with a lacrosse ball really fucking hurts. Oh, well, I, I mean, we could oh, probably yes. could have guessed that, but, you know. Show of hands who's been hit with a lacrosse ball right here. I don't actually know. Because I don't, I don't know that I could identify a lacrosse ball. I've been hit with a lot of things. They are small and white and rubbery. Oh. Like a dense rubber ball. <laughs> like an infinitely hot and dense dot. Yes. Take out a couple of teeth. I'll pay that much for nothing. Is that why you're missing teeth? I'm not missing teeth. Oh. I know. Sorry, I'm still thinking about the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, come to think of it. All right. So what's your what's your opinion of shirtless trip, Gav? I, I realize uh we've been we've been uh, drooling over him and uh you also need to check in on this. Oh no. Um well we saw we saw what do you call him take his shirt off first and I was like, Oh, oh okay. Archer. Yeah. 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 And I was like, Oh right, okay. And then oh the captain. Yeah. And then and then tripped it. And I was like, Oh, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> so you're on you're so, on board with So this I'm, well. I'm I'm on side, in other words. Okay. Thing is, I'm down for trip, but I like him wearing stuff. Like I like the Hawaiian shirt. I like the little blue underpants. I see I didn't like like I don't you know, jokes aside, I don't mm -hmm. love that this show thinks it's sexy and is, like, weirdly exploitive. Like, I don't like it when they do it to the women, and I don't particularly like it when they do it to the dudes either. Like, Star Trek is not good at sexy. Knock it off. Like, <clears throat> I, I, the thing is, I think he's a very attractive dude, and he's more attractive to me when he's just doing things and not like, hey, I'm going to make a show of taking off my shirt now. Like, eh. Star Trek, stop it. You're terrible at this. You're like a drunken aunt at a wedding. Just stop. Ooh. Yeah. Well, more Margaret Dumont. <laughs> <laughs> um, I there was a lot to like about this though. Like there mm -hmm. was there was some fun stuff. I um, my good thing was I I thought there was some really good character stuff, and I've said this before, but I I'm seeing glimmers of a good actor in Bacula. Like I've said, I haven't seen Quantum Leap. I haven't really seen him in much. This is the first mm -hmm. time I've really seen a lot of him. He's a good actor, and Archer's just written badly. When 
when he's off duty, when he's casual archer or when they're like struggling to survive, like I kind of like him. Yeah. I, I, I want to like him as the captain. And every time he gets on the bridge and starts giving orders and yelling about Vulcans, I hate him. But like when he puts that, like when he, when he loosens up a little, he's, mm-hmm. he's not so bad. Uh, the scene where uh trip's got heat stroke and he's trying to uh, keep him conscious and, uh, just like, uh, oh, we get back to the ship where we're going to eat some stuff. What do you want to eat? Uh, it's a really good scene. Yeah, it is. At first, he's like, uh, name the parts of the warp engine. Like, he's doing his best to keep him awake. Yeah. And that doesn't work, so he switches tactics. And yeah, I, I like their friendship. I've always, mm-hmm. like, again, it's not as good as Tuvok Janeway or Dax Sisko, but it's something. I like the captain yeah. has a friend, and they're pretty good together. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's some fun stuff before they get into danger and then afterwards like you say yeah there's a lot of like archer trying to keep him alive and i i enjoyed that so uh gav what was your good thing my good thing uh, i like the subtle use of geopolitics today through the lens of the future that was good for me fine i mean finally we can uh, okay i got nothing um <laughs> service trip that's fair yeah this episode was very much made eight months after 9-11 yeah, I I will yeah, say. Well, it'll take it'll become even more so like, like that. Oh, goody gum drops. Well, yeah, then it then it becomes about the Afghanistan war, as I recall. Yeah. So that'll be fun. No, I did like um, Hoshi at one point says, you know, when when the Vulcans came to Montana, did you guys ever consider that maybe there wasn't just one government on Earth, but a bunch of different smaller factions, and that you'd piss off the other guys landing in Montana and like, Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Like mm-hmm. maybe when we interfere on these planets, there's a lot more going on here than we realize. Yeah. And that was a good point to br- like, they don't usually bring it up whenever we meet a planet. They're almost always like just one United planet. And it's nice to point out that's not always the case. It's not yeah. the case here. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was that time they were going to the, that planet where there was two sides and when they were both deeply suspicious of each other and one asked to join the Federation, that's the only time I can think of. That yeah, was it hardly ever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone treats it like it's such a strange, like, wow, you guys haven't united your entire planet under one single government? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. isn't that supposed to be Weirdos. the deal with joining the Federation, though? I, maybe. maybe. I mean, I know like it's a... not for every planet, but, like, if you're joining the Federation, I thought you had to have, a, like, a world government. You think that's an entrance requirement? I don't know, I actually. Think that, so. It might be. I think they had mentioned at that time that they hadn't done that you know admitted yeah, that's anyone right. who hasn't that's right the, the whole the, planet before the, so it might the, not that, be a requirement it's just something they've never done before no no it, it, it now that, it, that the planet you're talking about uh the, their government lied to the federation about them being united oh like they I were trying remember. to keep it a secret that they were they were fighting like a civil war or something ah see i Is get the, the prit or the, something like that yeah something like that yeah i get so bored like star trek has hardly ever done two warring factions on a planet that I've like, they do so many boring stories about it that I pretty much check out when that happens. Well, I mean, that's the very definition of a Mullity rebel episode. It could like, that's an interest. It could be an interesting story. It's just Star Trek hardly ever does it well mm. to the point where I don't care anymore in a good writer's hands. That could be interesting, but what it's, it's one of those cliche things where it's like, Ugh, here it's kind of like time loop. That could be interesting. But every time Star Trek does it, it's like Ugh, enough already. Mm. Yeah. And the, you know, little, uh, little disappointing but but that said like i say hoshi pointing that out was like hey yeah that maybe not everyone has like one world government yeah i mean hey we we can't even keep the european union together am i right huh oh wait that wouldn't have happened yet never mind 
Brexit. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I don't want to get it. I'm sorry. Oh, um, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, fucking uh, Clancy Brown and his beautiful speaking <laughs> voice. Oh, I love him. Uh, that being said, um, he does turn Russian towards the end of the episode for no particular reason. It comes and goes. Like, I think they shot this out of sequence because yeah. some scenes he has an accent and some he doesn't. It's weird. Like, he starts off just being Clancy Brown. I'm like, hey, it's motherfucking Clancy Brown from a whole bunch of stuff I like. Yeah. Most recently, My Space Dad in Mass Effect. All right. But um, <laughs> towards the end of the episode, he's just like, yes, Archer, you and I will join together and, to, and we will crush all of the oppositions. Well, this is actually my bad thing. I I like him too, and I think he at the beginning has a weird, sketchy, hairy mud vibe that we haven't seen for a mm. long time. Like in a good way. Like in a way, like here's this crazy, flamboyant, kind of shady but kind of lovable guy that maybe you want to get to know, but maybe it's a bad idea. But he's so charming. Like he he he, he really felt like Harry Mud to me at the beginning. Captain oh, yeah. Archer, let's come down to my planet and I'll give you a gift. Like it was, yeah, it was great. I see you admiring my tapestry. Here, now you have tapestry. But then, then yeah, then it kind of turned this corner where they felt a bit like, I hate to say it, but like stereotypical Arabs. Like, yeah. Do not, do not turn down our hospitality or you will offend me. We live in the desert. Oh boy. Like that, I, maybe yeah, I'm well, reaching. That part's rough. Maybe I'm reaching, but it did feel a little like that to me. No, it totally, it, like it starts off in like the, um, the... Uh, the the culture sort of it's it's not it feels it it it's only it feels like it's only referencing sort of like Arabian culture is it Arabian culture that sounds I'm not sure I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong thing but I don't know offhand what the right thing is so but, apologies um, in advance but it gets more and more obvious as the episode goes on well they're a desert culture and they're kind of nomadic and mm. the whole like insisting that you accept our hospitality or will be offended. I've mm. definitely seen that as a stereotype in movies. Like, I don't know if well, it's a real thing, but it's in movies a lot. And it's well, when I, yeah, when I first, when he first does it, you think he's a, it's a joke. And then they come back to it. He's like, you have offended me. Yeah. It was, it, I didn't love that. Yeah. And, and the accent felt like he was maybe trying to play into that a little. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't I just felt a little problematic to me. As uh, no, I, Absolutely. Uh, Gab, what was your bad thing? Uh, my bad thing was seeing Clancy Brown makes me miss Carnival more. Oh, yeah, fair. That show. That, uh, was a, that was a Ron Moore show, wasn't it? Was it? I believe he, he had something to do with that. I believe that was his thing before Battlestar. I could be wrong. Really? Huh. I'm pretty sure. That was one of those shows I really wanted to be. see, but... Wouldn't I found out they, they didn't have an ending. So no, 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 no there's no point because they might think they made two series, two series, and that was it. Yeah, and they didn't, uh, they didn't end it, right? So I guess no. they just have to wait 25 years for it to come back. It had the same problem as Deadwood, where it just kind of stopped. Yeah, Ron Moore was one of the executive producers. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll come back in about 10, 15 years, and it'll be, it'll go nowhere. Yeah, and the likable character won't show up until the last episode. Yeah. I can't imagine what you guys are referencing right now. It's <laughs> just insane. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss my sa Sunday night angry sessions the, tomorrow night. Uh, as we record this, there's, there's one more left where me and Amanda <laughs> yell at the TV for two hours. <laughs> the grand finale of Sunday night yelling. <clears throat> I would have given up on any other show long ago. I don't know why I'm still watching it. I don't know why. Well, 
because because you you are very good at like not watching things that aren't good. No, when I when I don't like something, I stop. I don't want to not enjoy myself. I'll stop. I do it for this show because that's what we signed up for. But apart yeah. from that, why? I have time. Like, there's so many good things to watch. Why would I waste my time watching something I don't enjoy? You know. I don't know. I'm still enjoying it. Ah, uh, I'm not. I would say maybe twenty percent. I mean, it definitely could use a fucking editor, but yeah. I, I, I stopped watching after the uh, nuclear bomb one. See that or one I in, liked. Yeah, in the in the middle of it. That one I liked, but then, yeah. We're talking I, about Twin Peaks, by we, the way. We didn't actually. Now we're say getting that. somewhere. We weren't getting somewhere. No, we weren't getting anywhere. Anyway, um. I never actually saw Carnival, though, but uh, if he was in it and Ron Moore produced it, maybe I will. Even even knowing what I know about the ending, I might still want to check that out now. I like the. I've only seen the pilot, but I liked it quite a bit. Oh, that's cool. Speaking of actually uh, that show, uh, I believe the man from another place is in it. Oh, yeah, so he is. Yeah. That I did know. Yes, he is. That guy's a whack job, by the way. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's why he was not invited back to the new Twin Peaks, because... He, I don't. I he's like a nine eleven truther. Or really? Something. I thought he died. I thought that was a deal. No, no, he's still around. Oh, he was not invited back because he's he's a jerk. That's amazing because everyone fucking came back that they could get. Yeah, I know. Anyway, this episode. There's oh, a bit in this episode <laughs> where where uh, um, he wants Trip to come down to the plant with him, Archer, the captain. You know him. Oh, I like and he that. Says, uh, I'll see if Malcolm's interested, and they're like, "Oh wow, is that a threat?" <laughs> <laughs> it is to us. Yeah, like, no, please, come on. I'll watch Archer and Trip, but Archer and Malcolm, ugh. maybe my two any... least favorite guys. Are there any bums on the planet, Captain? <laughs> Bum, L- lousy bums. <laughs> uh... What do their women look like? Are they hot or are they not? <laughs> see the editor of BuzzFeed. Yes. Remember Hot or Not? That was a relevant reference in 2001. That that was a website. Oh, that's right. If you were hot or not. Um, I, I was not. Why nor didn't, was I. <laughs> would have been... I was quite impressed that we didn't see them put suntan lotion on each other. That's true. Thankful for that. No, I, I did actually like... Uh, Trip did not want to go down there at all. He's like, deserts. No, thank you. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, man! It's fun. No, it's hot and dry, and I got, uh, I got to wash my hair and re refangle the warp, whatever. Can, can you just not? Come on, man! <laughs> like, and then he's down there. He's like, "You son of a bitch! I'm never going down there again." Would you do it for two stri- uh, trip snacks? Go <laughs> <sighs> oh boy, Captain. No, I enjoyed that, and it and it paid off nicely at the end, where. Uh, Archer says, yeah, I'm pretty sure Trip's never going to another sand planet ever again. <laughs> I actually, they, they shot this on location. I mentioned this before. And it makes so much of a difference to me. Oh, yeah. To see them walking on actual sand dunes. Like, it's just sand. It's not, There's nothing to it. But it looks like a planet. Like, most planets are just sand. Like, you know, like nothing. Like, it's nice to see not a lot of trees and water. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like. They, it looked more like they're on an alien planet than it often does. And, and oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't just there. look like they went to a beach a somewhere. It did yeah. actually look like yeah. a massive, massive desert. Right. And, you know, I'm sure they were just in a small corner of a desert in California somewhere, but they made it look good. Like, I I, uh, I really appreciate them going to the extra effort. There's a, there's a point where 
there's ships out looking for him and they, they actually bury themselves completely in the sand. And I know that's tactically sound, but it looked ridiculous. Like that was a smart move, but mm-hmm. <laughs> then then they're just covered in sand and they look like completely stupid. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh, also they have uh, special desert uniforms. I did not care for that special desert uniform. It really? was my I bad like those. thing. Now, yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I no, like didn't. Things. Not a fan. Huh. I, I thought it was interesting you were wearing special desert uniforms with caps, and then they go down, and uh, Clancy Brown just has like a cloak over his head. Yep. Which is probably a lot more effective. Well, I think you see the same with like you know a lot of militaries going to desert plan like desert planets, desert yeah, countries. Desert. Yeah, you know. Um, Oh, but, you know, and like, it's probably yeah, probably the same there as well. Yeah, you see, like um, American and and British and Canadian guys go to like Afghanistan, and they're like in their full normal uniforms, and the locals are just like, "Are you guys nuts? It's ten thousand degrees here." Yeah, I'm fine. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it made sense, but I but I I don't know. I like that they have a different uniform. That it, I I like. I've I've liked all the uniforms on this show actually, and I still no. They definitely still... have a di- like they got a bunch of different options for uh, different planets, and I think that's cool. I just these particular costumes I thought were stupid. Oh no! See, especially when you see them out in the desert, and you realize they actually like in the long shots kind of blend in. Like mm-hmm. they, it works a bit like camouflage, like not perfectly, but yeah, it's definitely... why it took so long for Enterprise to find them. Yeah, but it would have well that, and they don't have they have shit scanners apparently. Oh, that too. <laughs> But it was, it was like, you know, in those blue uniforms, they would have stood right out. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, what else indeed? They, they say that Earth is two-thirds water, and uh, Clancy Brown says that's extraordinary. And I just thought, is it? <laughs> yeah, doesn't every other planet have that too, except this one? Wow, yeah. water. He, he's got a ship. Surely he's seen lots of different planets. I mean, his has got two-thirds desert so it's really not that extraordinary i love the idea of him flying around his ship just every five seconds just going wow look at all that water <laughs> yeah it could Whoa, just be that some more it could just be that that hairy mud quality of him where he's just excited about everything if it said two-thirds jelly i would have been impressed yeah no that's <laughs> that's much more interesting i feel yeah but this show would then make them like wrestle in it or something something gross like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. And that thing they were playing, I mean, it was all, you know, interesting futuristic uh, sports, but uh, it was no Quidditch. Wasn't no, it? that's true. Well, I mean, they weren't on brooms, but apart from that, I actually yeah. don't know anything about Quidditch. Like, but I remember it from the books, but I, I don't remember anything about it. No, it was it's basically just, lacrosse, it's, it's, wasn't it? Except then you, like, shoot the ball into a Stargate. Yeah, no, it was yeah. lacrosse, except uh, they used hoops instead of nets. No, but didn't, yeah. wasn't it like a weird energy barrier thing? Like, well, there's goal? that too. Yes. Yeah. And then a ball, a ball of paper would come out that says "Quit throwing garbage into our dimension." <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a Mitchell and Webb. It's a I think they just did it on the radio. I don't think they did this on TV. But it's a sketch where, for some reason, this like bland office has a Stargate in it, and uh, <laughs> it's just a series of sketches yes. where the manager is is uh, uh, lecturing the. Okay, the Stargate is not for throwing your trash in. <laughs> Please don't pee in the Stargate. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, anything else? Can I pee in the Stargate SG-1? No. 
Oh, how about the Stargate Atlantis? <laughs> yes. We'll yes. be here all day if you're naming Stargate shows. Those are the only Stargates I know. <laughs> There's the Stargate Universe one. Is that it? Stargate Universe? Maybe. I think it's Universe. I feel anyway. like English Gav would know all about all of these shows. Am I wrong about oh, that? He, he, like, I no, love he, Stargate. He, he loves Stargate. <laughs> he I loves don't... Stargate as much as Sliders. What? <laughs> who, who doesn't love Sliders? I love Sliders. No, you don't. No, you're right. I don't. You we caught me by the lie. All four of us talked about how we didn't particularly care. Sliders, sliders. Is fucking terrible. Wait, what? What's particularly terrible? Sliders. Okay, yeah. It didn't quite register when you said it the other way. <laughs> that's they put hear you when you said it loud. They put they put brackets around it. I think that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Matt. Yeah. All right, Gav, what do you got for an alternate title? My alternate title is the one where they don't play Quidditch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, going for a friend style. Yep. Title there. Matt, what do you got? Uh, in reference to the uh, shirtless uh, adventure, or the, the shirtless uh, sports adventure, I went with uh, playing with the boys. Was that a Top Gun volleyball reference? Indeed it is, my friend. Indeed it is. Excellent. <laughs> and I went with Sandfish. Sandfish! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and my quote is actually, there's, again, some nice stuff between Archer and Trip, where uh, Trip's, like, dehydrated and just completely out of it. And uh, Archer says, come on, we gotta get moving, and Trip says this. Come on. Come on. We gotta keep moving. Come on. <sighs> my shift doesn't begin for another six hours. Which I really liked. <laughs> there's a lot of that. A lot of just sort of slightly out-of-place dialogue that was pretty mm-hmm. funny, I thought. <laughs> all right that's all for this time yeah um gav was there anything you wanted to say or do or plug or anything uh catfish <laughs> i have nothing to plug catfish in your grocer's freezer <laughs> order now well there's still the uh there's still the backlog of um of drunken time travel like you guys aren't doing that anymore but you did it for quite some time and if people want to go back and oh, listen yes. the uh, yes, if you want to listen to Drunken Time Travel, Doctor Who with drunken people, um, drunkentimetravel.com. Yeah, and uh, they, they, you guys ended up doing that for what, like five or six years, something like that, like quite some time. And, yeah, we've got, uh, we've done pretty much the first three Doctors. Right, yeah. so there's there's quite a lot of backlog there. I know we have some listeners now that we didn't have last time you were on, so uh, even though you're not making new content anymore, there's still a big backlog yeah. if they want to, if they're interested in hearing what you've done. So, uh, so if you like yeah. this, but you wish it was about Doctor Who, you're in luck. Yeah. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are coming up on the end of the season. Next week is the last pair of episodes for the season already. So yeah. Since there's only four seasons, that means we're going to be 25% done. Yay. Hey. Uh, so if you, after that is our supplemental episode. If you want to write to us, it is postatomic horror at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to hear some people chime in who uh, can defend the show because so far a lot of you did it when we were bad-mouthing the show leading up to it and not a lot of people speaking up now. A lot of people chiming in to say they agree and like, well, where's all the Enterprise fans? Tell us tell us where the good stuff is. What are we missing yeah. here? I mean, we're not, we're not looking to yell at you or get in an argument. We just want, like, seriously, point out, like, what what's where's the good thing that we're missing? Mm-hmm. Like, we'd love to hear a good impassioned argument about that. So, uh, uh, right in on that. And, um, next week, our friend Brian will be joining us. So look forward to that. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, see you folks. 
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. 